Today, I want to preface my story with some interesting things I've learned about the Jews in Christ's time. Under the law of Moses, they usually had three big feasts a year, and Jews from all over the land typically traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts. The first feast was the Passover, which was when they celebrated the time that the destroying spirit passed over the Israelites right before Moses led them out of Egypt. The second feast was called the Feast of the Harvest, and the third feast was the Feast of the Tabernacle. The Feast of the Tabernacle commemorated the Israelites' 40-year journey in the wilderness and was considered the most joyful of the feasts. More sacrifices were offered at the temple in Jerusalem during this feast than at any other religious celebration the Jews had. At one point in Jesus' ministry, he did not want to travel from Galilee into Jerusalem during the Feast of Tabernacles, because the Jewish leaders there wanted to kill him for various reasons, like healing on the Sabbath, and for pointing out that they cared more about themselves than they cared about God. Well, some of Jesus' brothers, who didn't quite believe that he was the Son of God, said, "'You should leave Galilee and go to Jerusalem.'" There are people there who should see the work that you are doing. You can't expect them to know who you are if you never go among them. But Jesus said, No, I won't go right now because it's not my time to die. You can go, but I won't go just yet. So Jesus' brothers left and traveled to Jerusalem. And then Jesus followed them, but he did so secretly so that nobody else would know he was in Jerusalem. At the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Jews looked all around for him and asked, Where's Jesus? There was a lot of gossip going on about him, and some said, Jesus is a good man. And others said, No, he's not. He's a liar, and he's just going around tricking people. Now, during the middle of the feast week, Jesus appeared in the temple and began to teach the Jews who were there. The ones who listened to him were amazed at the powerful way that he taught, since they knew he hadn't trained to be a scribe or a teacher. Jesus said, My doctrine isn't mine. It's really from Heavenly Father. And if anyone does what Heavenly Father wants him or her to do, then they will know whether or not the things that I'm teaching are from God or if they're just from me. You see, Teachers that speak of themselves and focus on their own knowledge are really seeking their own power and glory and will teach you whatever it takes to get it. But whoever seeks Heavenly Father's glory is righteous and speaks with truth. Moses gave you the law of God or his doctrine, but none of you keep the law. So why are you guys planning on killing me? The listeners there said, You're crazy. Who's trying to kill you? Not us. 
And Jesus said, Well, I've done my heavenly Father's work, and you are all amazed. Moses gave you a covenant of circumcision that was passed down from Abraham, and so now your tradition is to circumcise your men on Sundays or Sabbath days. So if a man can be circumcised on the Sabbath according to the law of Moses, then why is it against the law for me to completely heal someone on the Sabbath? Don't judge me according to your traditions, but try to judge righteously. Some people in the crowd began to recognize who Christ was, and they said, Wait a minute, isn't this the man who the Jewish rulers want to kill? He speaks so boldly, but they don't say anything to him. Do the rulers think that this man is the Christ, the Messiah? We know who this man is. He's just a man. When the real Christ comes, no one will know where he comes from. Well, of course, Jesus knew the people's thoughts, and so he cried out, You do know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here to get power for myself, but to do the true will of God who sent me, even Heavenly Father. You don't know him, but I know him, and I am sent here from him. The listeners thought that they should take and kill him for speaking what they thought were such ridiculous things, but it wasn't time for Christ to die yet. There were a lot of people there listening who did believe that Jesus was the Christ. And they said, Would a different man who said he was the Christ do more miracles than this man teaching us? Well, the Pharisees heard that some of the Jews began to believe that Jesus was who he said he was. And this really concerned them. So the chief priests sent soldiers to capture him. Jesus said to them, I'll be with you for a little while. Then I'm going back to the person who sent me here. You'll look for me, but you won't be able to find me. And where I will be is a place you won't be able to come. The Jewish leaders thought, wait, where is he going? Where is a place where we won't be able to find him? Will he travel to the lands of the Gentiles to teach them over there? Oh, we can't understand what he's talking about. Well, there's something you must know about the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is that they had a special ceremony each day of the celebration week. During the ceremony, a chosen priest would go fill up a golden pitcher with water from the pool of Siloam and then pour the water into a silver bowl sitting at the bottom of the temple altar. This helped the Jews remember the importance of water and the power that it has to bring life. Well... On the very last day of the feast week, Jesus stood in front of the temple and cried out, If anyone here is thirsty, come to me and drink my water. Whoever believes in me, just like the scriptures say, will have living water flowing out of their own bellies. Jesus was comparing living water to the companionship of the Holy Ghost. In other words, whoever believed in Christ would have the Holy Ghost within their hearts to help themselves learn of truth and to help other people learn of truth. When some of the Jews at the temple that day heard him, they said, Oh, this man is a prophet. Some others said, Oh, he's not just a prophet. He is the Christ. And others said, He can't be Christ since he's from Galilee. 
Don't the scriptures say that the Christ will be a descendant of King David and it will be from Bethlehem where David was from? Not Galilee. The Jews were divided in their opinions about Jesus and some thought they should capture him, but no one laid hands on him. Well, the chief priests and Pharisees ran into, ran into their officers and they said, Why didn't you capture Christ and bring him to us? And the soldiers said, Oh, no one has ever spoken like this man. And the Pharisees said, Oh, have you also been tricked by him? Have any of the Pharisee rulers ever believed in Christ? These Jewish people who don't know the law of Moses and that this man is breaking the law? Oh, these Jews are cursed. Well, do you remember the Pharisee named Nicodemus who had the talk with Christ about being born again? He was there and he said, Hold on a minute, everyone. Doesn't the law of Moses also tell us that before we can judge any man, we must hear him and know what he's doing? Nicodemus was trying to remind the Pharisees that taking Jesus without a fair trial was also against the law of Moses. But the other Pharisees didn't care. They said, Oh, are you also from Galilee? Is that why you're trying to defend this man? Search the scriptures. No prophet has ever come from Galilee. After that conversation, everyone went home. Jesus spent the night on the Mount of Olives next to Jerusalem, and then early the next morning he returned to the temple to teach all who came to him. As he was sitting down teaching, the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman who had been caught committing the sin of adultery which meant that she was inappropriately touching a man she wasn't married to. Well, they put the woman in the middle of the crowd and said, Master, we caught this woman sinning, and according to the law of Moses, she should be stoned to death. What do you say? They were trying to trap Christ. If he agreed to stone her, then he would lose a lot of followers who did not like the penalty of stoning people to death. And he would also have gotten in trouble with the Roman soldiers who did not support stoning either. If he chose not to stone her, however, then they could have accused him of not supporting the law of Moses, which stated that it must be done. So what do you think Jesus chose? He chose to stoop down and write with his finger in the dirt, as if he hadn't heard their question. They just kept on asking him, so he stood up and said, All right, whoever here has never sinned should be the first one to throw a stone at her. He then bent down to the ground again and wrote in the dirt. Well, everyone who had heard Christ began to think about their own lives and whether or not they had ever sinned. It turned out that everyone there realized that they had sinned at some point in their lives and so they began to leave one by one, until Jesus was left alone with the woman. When Jesus stood up and saw no one else there but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are the people who accused you of sinning? Has no one tried to stone you? And she said, No one has, Lord. And he said to her, I'm not going to punish you either. You can go now, but do not sin anymore. And the woman joyfully left, and from that day on, 
she believed in Christ and glorified him. In the temple courtyard during the Feast of the Tabernacles, the Jews set up huge menorahs or giant candlesticks that they would light as a symbol that the Israelites were to be a light to the rest of the world. On the very last day of the feast, Christ stood right in front of the giant menorahs and spoke to the people in the courtyard. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me won't walk in darkness because I am the light of life. The Pharisees that were listening to him said, Oh, brother, you are teaching about yourself, not God, and what you are saying is not true. And Jesus said, Well, yes, I am teaching about myself, but what I am saying is true. I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going after I die, but you don't know either of those things. You judge others based on what only you can see, but I don't judge anyone right now. If I were to judge, though, my judgment would be fair and true, since I'm not alone. My Father who sent me is always with me. It's written in your law of Moses that the testimony or witness of two people is true. Well, I am one person bearing witness about who I am, and my Father who sent me also bears witness of me. And the Pharisee said, Wait, where is your Father? And Jesus answered, You don't know me or my father. If you knew me, you'd know my father too. I'm going to go away someday and you'll look for me, but you won't be able to find me. And then someday you will die in your sins so that where I have gone is a place you won't be able to come. The Jews asked themselves, What? Is he going to kill himself? Is that what he's talking about? Jesus continued, You are from beneath, and I am from above. You're of this world, but I am not of this world. That's why I said to you that you would die in your sins. If you never believe that I am truly the Messiah, then you will die in your sins and won't be able to come to heaven. Well, apparently the Jews still didn't understand who exactly Christ was, so they asked, Who are you? And Jesus said, I'm the same person that I've been telling you I am from the very beginning of my ministry. I have so many different things to say about you, but I will just tell you this. The Father that sent me is true, and I tell the world the things that I have heard from him. The Jews did not understand that he was talking to them about Heavenly Father. Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man... Then you will know that I am the Messiah and that I don't do anything for myself. I only speak the things that the Father has taught me to speak. And the Father that sent me is always with me and does not leave me alone, since I always do the things that please him. As Jesus kept speaking, a lot of Jews believed in him and what he was teaching. So Jesus said to those who believed in him, If you live according to my word, Then you are my disciples, my followers, and you will know the truth of what I am teaching as you live according to the things that I teach, and the truth will make you free. And they responded, Wait, we've never been slaves to any other nation physically or spiritually. 
Since we're descendants of Abraham and are God's chosen people, what do you mean when you say that we'll be free? Jesus said, Oh, well, whoever sins becomes a servant of sin, and servants are not invited to stay in their master's houses forever. But the master's son does live there forever. So if the son could make you free, then you'll be free. And of course, I know that you are descendants of Abraham, but you want to kill me because you don't accept my words into your hearts. I speak the things I've learned from my father, and you do the things that you've seen from your father. Then the Jews listening said, But but Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, Well, if you were the children of Abraham, then you would live like Abraham did. But you just want to kill me, an innocent man who has told you the truth that I've heard from God. Abraham did not try to kill people who taught him the truth. He was righteous. So you live like your own fathers lived. And they replied, well, unlike you, we actually have a legitimate father. We only have one father, and that father is God. And Jesus said, but if God were your father, then you would love me because I am from God. I didn't come to earth just to get glory or fame for myself, but to give glory to God who sent me here. Why don't you understand what I'm trying to teach you? It must be because you don't want to hear my words. You are just like your father, the devil, and the evil work of your father is what you are doing. The devil was a murderer from the beginning of time and did not love truth because he does not cherish the truth in his heart. When he lies, the lies come from his heart because he is the father of all lies. And since I try to teach you the truth, you won't believe me. Whoever is from God hears and accepts God's words and truth, but you don't hear them or accept them because you are not from God. This, of course, really upset the Jewish leaders, and they said to him, Oh, aren't we wise to say that you are like a crazy Samaritan? Jesus said, I'm not crazy, and I don't have an evil spirit. I only honor my father. And you dishonor me. If a person follows me and tries to live as I teach, then they will never die. And the Jews said, Ha! Now we know for sure that you have a crazy evil spirit. Abraham and all of the other prophets are dead, but you go around saying that whoever believes in you will never die. Ha ha! You're crazy! Do you think you're greater than our dead father Abraham and other dead prophets? Who do you think you are? And Jesus said, Oh, I'm not saying that I'm greater than anyone. If anyone says that, it would be Heavenly Father. You haven't known him, though, but I have. And if I were to say that I didn't know him, I would be a liar just like you. Abraham rejoiced to see this day in visions, and he was happy that I would come here on earth. Then the Jews said, What? You're not even 50 yet, and you're trying to tell us that you've seen Abraham, who has been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years? And then Jesus replied in a way that was incredibly upsetting to the Jews. He said, Listen to me. 
before Abraham was, I am. Now, to us, this seems like a funny way to proclaim who he was. But I'll explain to you why it was so upsetting to the Jews. When Moses was living on the earth and the Lord spoke to him through the burning bush, the Lord introduced himself to Moses with the title, I am. So when Christ told the Jews, before Abraham was, I am, he was telling them that it was really he, Jehovah, who had led Moses and all of the prophets before them. This upset the Jews so much that they all picked up stones to kill Christ right there in the temple. But Christ hid and quickly escaped so that they couldn't kill him. As Jesus walked through Jerusalem, one Sabbath day, he saw a blind man. The man had been born blind. So the disciples following Christ asked him, Master, whose fault is it that this man was born blind? Was it punishment for the man's own sins or for his parents' sins? And Jesus said, Oh, his blindness or this trial was not caused by sins. It wasn't caused by his sins or his parents' sins. But God made him blind from birth so that his work and glory could be shown in the man's life. I must do the work of the one who sent me while it's still day. The night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I'm here, I'm the light of the world. Then Christ spat in the dirt and made a little clay. Then he put the clay on the blind man's eyelids and told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The blind man obeyed Christ's instructions and stumbled through the streets with his eyes covered in mud until he came to the pool. He knelt down and washed his eyes off. And when he opened them, guess what? He could see. He was so full of joy that he could now see the beautiful things in this world. And when his neighbors that knew of his blindness saw him running around with his sight, they said, Wait, isn't this the blind man that used to sit on the streets and beg others for money and food? Some people there said, Oh, yes, it is him. And other people said, Oh, it's not him. It's only someone who looks like him. But the once blind man said, Yes, I am the man who once was blind. And they said, What? How is it that you can now see? And he said, Well, a man named Jesus made some clay and anointed my eyes and then told me to wash in the pool of Siloam. So I went and washed and miraculously can see now. The people said, Wow, where is this man? And the once blind man said, I don't know. So the people brought the man to the Pharisees, and they asked the man how he had received his sight. He told them all that had happened, and the Pharisees said, Ugh, this man who healed you is not of God, because he is breaking the laws of our Sabbath day. Some of the people in the crowd asked, Wait, how can a sinner perform such amazing miracles? The people became divided about whether or not they thought Jesus was a sinful or a righteous man. So they asked the once blind man who he thought his healer was, and he said, Oh, I think he is a prophet. Well, the Jews there looking at him did not believe that he had been born blind. 
So they called his parents to come testify about whether or not he had really been born blind. His parents said, Oh, yes, this is our son who truly was born blind, but we have no idea how it's possible that he can see now. We don't know who healed him. He's a fully grown man, so you can ask him and he'll tell you what happened. The man's parents were afraid of the Jewish leaders because the leaders had declared that anyone who called Jesus the Christ or who believed that he was the Messiah would be cast out of the synagogue forever. They wouldn't be able to learn or worship or celebrate with their families or friends anymore. This is why the man's parents said, We don't know. Ask him yourselves. So the leaders again summoned the man who had been born blind to them and said, Give God the praise for your miracle instead of the man who healed you, since we know he's a sinner. The man said, Well, whether or not he's a sinner, I'm not sure about. But I do know one thing, which is that I was once blind and now I can see. They asked him again, How did he heal you? Well, the man was kind of impatient at this point, and he said, I already told you, but apparently you weren't listening. Why would I tell you again? Would you choose to become the man's disciples if I told you again? This upset the leaders, and so they said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we have no idea where he came from or what he is about. And the man said, Well, here's something interesting. You don't know where he came from or what he's about, and yet he healed my eyes. Now, we know that God does not respond to sinners, but he does respond to those who worship him and keep his commandments. Ever since this earth was created, we have no record of anyone healing another person born blind. So, if this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to perform miracles. And the Jewish leader said, Ugh, you were born in sin, and here you are trying to teach us? Well, at this point, they cast the man out of the synagogue and forbade him from ever returning again. When Christ heard that the man had been cast out, he found him and asked, Do you believe in the Son of God? And the man said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said, Well, you've seen him. It's me, the one talking to you. And the man now had a choice. Would he believe that Christ was the Son of God or not? The man chose faith. He said, Lord, I believe. And then he worshiped Christ. Jesus said to him, I was born on earth to be able to judge God's children someday so that those who think they are wise and can see everything really cannot see anything. It's as if they become blind. Some Pharisees overheard Christ and said, What are we blind to? And Jesus said, Well, if you were blind to who I really was, you wouldn't be guilty of sin. But since you say that you can see spiritually, which means you should know who I am, and deny the truth, 
then you are guilty of sin. After this discussion with the blind man and the Pharisees, Jesus taught a very important lesson to the Jews. Before I tell you what he taught them, I want to teach you about the jobs that shepherds had in Jesus' time. Back then, a shepherd would lead his flock of sheep and keep it safe. He knew each of his sheep's names, and they knew what their shepherd's voice sounded like and would follow him and obey him and not anyone else. At night, the shepherd would lead his sheep into a safe place called a sheepfold, which was a place for the sheep to sleep surrounded by walls. The only way in was by a door, and the shepherd would stand at the door and inspect each sheep for sickness or injuries as they passed into the sheepfold. Well, sometimes a wolf or other hungry animal would jump over the walls of the sheepfold to try and kill or steal a sheep, and the shepherd would rush in and fight the creature to defend and protect his sheep. Now that you know these facts, let's return to Jesus' teachings. He spoke this parable to the Jews. Whoever tries to enter a sheepfold by climbing or jumping over the walls instead of at the door is a thief or a, and a robber. But whoever enters the sheepfold through the door is the sheep's shepherd. The sheep hear and obey and follow their shepherd since they know his voice and he knows them. But of course, they won't follow strangers, but will run away from them since they don't know strangers' voices. To the Jews, Jesus was teaching simple facts about sheep and shepherds that they already knew, so they weren't quite sure what Jesus was trying to teach them. Jesus said, Listen carefully, everyone. I am like the door to the sheepfold. All those who come bef came before me on earth who did not teach about me are like thieves and robbers, but my sheep didn't hear them. I am the door, and so whoever goes into the sheepfold through me will be saved in heaven someday, and they will be like sheep that go in and out of the sheepfold and find good pastures to eat in. Thieves only try to get into heaven through other ways than by me, and they sin and steal and kill and destroy. I am here on earth so that sinners can have life through me, even a life that is full of joy and abundance. I am a good shepherd, and good shepherds will give their lives for their sheep while defending them against predators like wolves. But whoever is a hireling or a person who doesn't own the sheep but is just paid to take care of the sheep, a hireling would see a wolf coming and would run away and leave all the sheep behind. A hireling would allow the wolf to catch and scatter the sheep. Hirelings run away because they don't care about the sheep. They don't love them and know them like a shepherd does. I am a good shepherd, and I know and love my sheep, and my sheep know me too. Just like Heavenly Father knows me, and I know Heavenly Father, and I will lay my life down for my sheep. I will die for them. I also have other sheep who aren't part of this fold here in Jerusalem. I must also bring them into the sheepfold, and they'll hear my voice, and all the sheep in the sheepfold will be one fold together, and I will be their one shepherd. My father has commanded me to die for my sheep, and he has given me the power to die and to be resurrected, and I will obey him. Heavenly Father loves me because I am willing to do what he has asked me to do. 
After Jesus was done with his parable, the listeners again argued about who he was. Some said he was crazy with a devil, and others said, No way! Can a devil miraculously restore someone's sight? Well, it became winter, and Jesus was there to celebrate the Feast of the Dedication, or Hanukkah as we know it. As he was walking in the temple, some Jews surrounded him and said, How long will you make us wonder about who you really are? If you're the Christ, just tell us in plain words. And Jesus said, Well, I have told you who I am, but you haven't believed me. The things that I do in Heavenly Father's name should be enough to tell you who I am. But you don't believe me or my miracles, because you aren't my sheep, like I've told you before. My sheep hear my voice and follow me, and I know them. I give them eternal life, and they will never die, and no one can take them from me. Heavenly Father, who gave me the sheep, is greater than anyone else, and no one can take the sheep from him either. He and I work together perfectly. We are one in purpose and unity. Oh boy, did this make the Jews mad. Yet again, they all picked up stones to throw at Christ to kill him. Christ said, I've shown you many good works and miracles from my heavenly father. For which of these works are you going to stone me? And the Jews said, We're not stoning you because you do good things, but because you're just a man who puts yourself on the same level with God. And Jesus said, Well, isn't it written in your law that I've said to you in the past that you are gods? If the prophets in the scriptures say that Jehovah spoke to them and called them gods, and if you believe scriptures cannot be false, then why are you telling me that I'm lying or blaspheming? If I don't do the works of Heavenly Father, then don't believe me when I say I am his son. But if I do do his works and you won't believe my words, then just believe my works. That way, you'll know and believe that Heavenly Father is in me and my heart, and I am in His. Well, of course they didn't believe Him again, so they tried to kill Him again, but He escaped to the Jordan River. All right, little chickens, that is the end of my story for today. I am preparing the next story to tell you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Until next time, goodbye.